Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 302, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. As always, I am Chris Featherstone, and of course, you can follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Our weekly interview this week is uh, a pioneer uh, of, of the business when it comes to the art of pro wrestling competition. Now, of course, we have the territories back in the 70s that was really uh, popular back in the 70s. Of course, they date even before that. But this person was really instrumental in bringing the spirit of competition when it comes to uh, nationally recognized companies. This person was the executive vice president of WCW and the mastermind behind the NWO. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Eric Bischoff. How are you tonight, sir? I'm very well, Chris, and if I may be so uh, presumptuous as to make a correction, I was the president of WCW, not the executive vice president. The president's. Let me, let me, let me, blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the president. Former president of WCW, Eric Bischoff. How are you tonight, sir? 
doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on the show tonight. No problem. Happy to be here. Awesome. So you got some dates coming up. Um, you know, you uh, are, are a featured attraction in uh, different uh, wrestling uh, events, and uh, you got uh, a comic con coming up, and anything else? Let the listeners know uh, what is in the life of Eric Bischoff as far as wrestling events coming up. Yeah, I've got a couple uh, coming up. I'm going to be in Cleveland on February 9th. I'm going to be in Detroit on February 10th. And uh, right around the corner, I'm going to be in Phoenix, my most recent hometown, um, next weekend, actually. And uh, I'm going to be at the Comic-Con and hanging with my good buddy, Hulk Hogan, and good friend, Sting. So we should have a a great time there. Awesome. Now, you know, there's been so many different stories about – the NWO, where it came from, who could have been in it. Uh, I want to do something really fun on this interview. Not not necessarily something that you've done before, because who wants to listen to that? So before I ask you this really fun question, I really want to pick your brain. Uh, what what are your thoughts just uh, on the WWE product uh, as of late? I know that uh, you were featured on a really, really good uh, DVD that I watched last year. Uh, and it was a really good documentation of just uh, your AWA days and your WCW days and your WWE days. And uh, I, I really appreciated how uh, much you spoke highly of WWE for giving you the opportunity uh, to be the general manager uh, that uh, that frame, time frame that you did. Uh, just as far as the new uh, wave of uh, product in WWE, what are your thoughts on it? Ah, well, I mean, that's a good question. It's a very broad question or one that solicits a very broad answer. So I'll try to be, you know, as, as focused as I can. I think in general, um, I'm incredibly impressed with the product. Now, that's not to say that it's, it necessarily suits my particular taste 100% of the time because that wouldn't be true. But, you know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago, and, and I learned it directly from Ted Turner, by the way, one of, the, one of the few things that I remember him saying specifically, you know, to me outside of a couple other, you know, strategic business conversations was that, you know, when you're in the business of programming content, uh, and in, in this particular case, Ted was talking about the way he programmed his networks at Turner Broadcasting at the time, is you have to be careful not to program for yourself. You have to program for the masses. And as I think that relates to WWE, while I'm sure, I don't know this to be a fact, but I would venture to bet that not everything that we see in WWE necessarily suits the taste of Vince McMahon or Stephanie McMahon or, or Triple H 100% yeah. of the time. That's a good point. Because they're not programming for their, themselves. They're programming for the masses. Yeah. And when you program for the masses and the broadest possible audience you can, sometimes you have to do things that don't necessarily suit your own particular taste. Mm-hmm. So while I, I'm super impressed with the WWE because for no other reason than they've been able to adapt and evolve with the taste of the audience and maintain such a powerful position, not only here in the United States on the USA Network, and by the way, they're about to celebrate 25 years of being one of the leading 
for programs on all of cable television, which is a, anybody in television would covet the opportunity to be able to make that statement. Yeah. So not only are they preparing to celebrate 25 years of dominance in cable television here in the United States, their content is seen in over 180 countries around the world. So how could anybody be anything other than impressed with what we see in WWE by those yeah. standards? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Now, if there was one opportunity, if there was one position, so if you had a, a conversation with Vince McMahon right now, and he would say, uh, okay, Eric, I'm going to hire you back on. Uh, you you can pick any position that you would like to, of course, except for mine or my colleagues as far as the executive aspect is concerned. If there's any position that you would be in the WWE right now, what would it be? Oh, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that one before, so congratulations on that one. <laughs> um, you know, in, in terms of the, the actual product, the wrestling product, um, I, you know, I miss the creative side of things. I miss directing talent and producing talent. Um, so that's, that's just something that gives me a, a personal kind of rush and satisfaction. Particularly directing and producing talent and trying to get the most out of them as characters and performers. I think that's the thing that individually I miss the most. Uh, probably a close second to that is, uh, you know, I miss storytelling. I miss creating arcs. I, I miss creating kind of long-term story and, and, and writing. Um, so I would, you know, I would probably given the opportunity to pick anything, I would probably like to be on that team. Uh, wouldn't want to head it up. Wouldn't want that responsibility. Wouldn't want to have to live it and breathe it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But I'd, I'd, I'd like to be at the table at least and have the fun and the ability to contribute. And I think if it was anything outside of the content that we see on a week-to-week basis, it would probably be uh, helping to build the network, uh, programming the network, looking for new content, developing new content. That kind of goes hand-in-hand with the creative side of, you know, my brain. Um, That's what I've been doing for the last, how many years now, 15 years, is creating television, producing television for a wide variety of networks. So I like to take what I've learned um, dealing with, every other cable outlet out there from AD to Discovery to CMT, NBC, you name it, I've produced television for them. Uh, I would like to take what I've learned and combine that with what I've experienced, you know, in 30 years of being in the wrestling business and try to contribute to the network. Um, That being said, I don't think any of those things are going to happen. So (laughs) those, those, those are the areas that I would be most interested in. Never say never. I'm sure that uh, you can say that in, in plenty of cases, uh, especially when we saw you as general manager on WWE programming. So uh, anything can happen, <laughs> as as we both yeah, know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know who coined the phrase, you know, never say never. Um, but, you know, my addendum to that is never say never, but highly unlikely. Yes. Yes, I, I agree with that totally, absolutely. So, of course, you were uh, the mastermind behind the, the New World Order, the NWO. 
so you you shared some really good things on the uh, DVD as far as just um, uh, the concept of OWO and just the, the, the thoughts behind it and just where it went and so forth. Now, a lot of people criticize the NWO for having too many people, and that diluted the uh, you know kind of kind of the strength of the faction. Would you agree with that or no? I, I think there's some truth to that. There's no question about it. You know what what people fail to realize because none of them were in the trenches or even in the building at that time was there was a reason for that. You know the reason that we expanded the NWO quite frankly, and, and, and including the reason that we brought in Bret Hart, although he had nothing you know, originally to do with the book, was because we knew that we had to launch a second primetime series on the TBS network based on the strength of Nitro on TNT. Mm-hmm. It was a mandate directly from Ted Turner himself, and based on the success that we had on TNT, Ted was determined um, much to my chagrin and the chagrin of others in the executive, at the executive level, uh, but Ted was determined to launch a second two-hour show on TBS. And that required two things. One, um, a significant influx of new talent because we already had a three-hour show on TNT. And just having another two-hour show with the same talent would have cannibalized the success that we were having on TNT, and quite frankly did, anyway. And the second thing was it required a position. It required me trying to create two separate brands. Now, this was long before Raw and SmackDown, but, and again, I have to reiterate here because this will get lost on the masses um, because they they have a tendency to only hear what they want to hear that supports their narrative. (laughs) But I didn't. I didn't want Thunder on TBS. I petitioned as aggressively as I could under the circumstances to not have a second show because I was fully aware of what it would do to Nitro and TNT if we did. But once I lost that battle, my goal was to try to create two separate brands. And the intent, although it was never realized and executed fully. The intent was for NWO to take over TNT and have WCW live on SmackDown. And by doing that, I would have been able to create my own war, so to speak, and my own rivalries between Nitro and and Thunder, similar in many ways to what WWE has been attempting to do, rather unsuccessfully from my perspective, but attempting to do with Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, uh, well, it seems like a very interesting concept. That uh, it's good to have the the backstage, you know, reasoning behind it because, you know, of course, uh, it wasn't necessarily played out on television the way that you described it. So that's a that's a really good uh, point. No, uh, it, yeah. it, well, it, it it wasn't because we got derailed midstream. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things that didn't happen on television that got derailed as a result of the AOL Time Warner merger. Right, and. And it, it, when I said, you know, earlier in this discussion, you know, it never really um, materialized or was executed. And a large, large part of that reason was because of the changes um, that we had to undergo as a result of the AOL Time Warner merger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
So lastly, here's my uh, very interesting, thought-provoking question that I have for you on the spot, Eric Bischoff. Now, we know that the uh, the, the first, the, the, the debut trio, uh, as you know, we saw with uh, Hogan uh, kind of solidifying the unit, uh, was Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. That's what people know as the NWO, the original members of the NWO. Now, uh, if you had an opportunity to create a new age NWO using the WWE talent right now, who would they be? Who would it be? Oh, oh man, I I can't really do an adequate job answering that because I'd really have to sit down and look at the talent yeah. from a different perspective. Um. But I, I, I'm just not familiar enough to, to really see the kind of character qualifications, I guess, or aspects of character that would create that kind of, you know, it was, you know, I hate to use the words rebellious. It was a little bit of, you know, rebellion. It was a little bit of anarchy mm-hmm. mixed with a lot of kind of contemporary cool at that time. And that's, you know, th- those are the characteristics I think that I'd have to, to, to keep in mind as I was going through the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk brought a unique element. He was the, the senior man. He was the old dog, you know, in, in the center. I mean, compared to Sons of Anarchy, you know, Hulk Hogan was clay. He was the older, you know, tougher, wiser, been there, done that. But he was also the guy that everybody knew and nobody would have ever expected that he would become an antagonist or a heel as opposed to a protagonist or a babyface. So I think Hulk, you know, having that, that relationship with such a, you know, diverse uh, demo in the audience and then doing exactly the opposite of what everybody would have ever expected him to do was very, very powerful. Kevin Nash brought, he brought this ominous kind of dark, cool factor to the, to the equation. You know, Kevin was never, as a character, he was never loud and over the top. He was kind of like the strong, silent, powerful type. But he also had a cool edge to him that not very many people had. And then Scott Hall was the ultimate cool factor. And he could go and he could do all of the things physically that, quite frankly, Hulk couldn't do. And to a large degree, Kevin couldn't really do. Kevin was the big man, the power man. Yeah. He did all the big stuff, you know. But Scott could go in here and bounce around and, and do things physically that a lot of guys couldn't do in order to help tell a story. And, and he could flip the switch and be the ultimate tough guy when needed. So I, it was just such a unique combination of characters that it would take a while for me to sit back and look at the WWE roster and try to figure out how I could kind of recreate that similar edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think uh, to extend this conversation, maybe you can tweet it out, and uh, the listeners of the show may uh, get that unveiled perhaps. From your description, it seems as if John Cena, Roman Reigns, and Dolph Ziggler would be the three based on what you described. It, uh, I think I think those those kind of characteristics as you described them, those are the three people that I thought of. Would that would that be uh, way off, or would you would you agree? It'll be a great start. I mean, if you could, if you could accomplish whatever you wanted to accomplish, and the talent was a hundred percent on board, you know, I think 
you know, John Cena in the Hulk Hogan role, I don't think despite the way, you know, hardcore fans, when I say hardcore fans, I'm talking about fans that, you know, go to the events for the arena, um, show up on Monday Night Raw or on SmackDown. You know, they're, they're a very loud, vocal, you know, part of the audience, obviously. They like to be a part of the show and yeah. feel like they're having some impact or, you know, influence over what we see on television. But setting that part of the audience aside, I'm not sure the fans would react the same way to John Cena um, becoming an antagonist or a heel the way they did Hogan. Yeah. I'm just not sure. That's what has. I think if anybody, you know, qualifies for that position, it would be John Cena. Mm. But I'm not sure the reaction would be quite the same. I agree. Dolph Ziggler, I am a huge fan. I've been saying this now for a couple of years. I am a huge fan of Dolph Ziggler. I think he is the most underrated, underutilized, um, amazing talent on the roster. And there's just something there with this guy. Not only does he have a great look, he's clearly, you know, capable of doing almost anything in the ring. He can sell, but he's believable when he wants to be and when he needs to be. He could be that tough guy if that's what, you know, his character you know, requires. So I definitely think he'd, he'd certainly be on my, he'd be at the top of my list, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What about Roman Reigns? I like Roman a lot. I've been a big fan of Roman's, too. I don't, honestly, I haven't seen enough depth in his character because WWE, not, and it's not Roman's fault, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, WWE has, you know, positioned him in a very specific way, and I think they've kept him in a very, in my opinion, a somewhat, I won't say very, a somewhat narrow lane creatively. Yeah. So I'm not really sure that there's enough depth of that character uh, or to that character. Perhaps, perhaps he could be amazing, but I'm just not sure at this point. I will readily admit he's got the look, he's got the vibe, and if he's got the range, he could be a devastating heel. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely awesome. Devastating. A devastating heel with a very, very cool edge. Which yeah. Is yep. Required. That's the Kevin Nash element. Yep, absolutely. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. Great discussion. Um, glad I was able to pick your brain a couple times. And, uh, yeah, maybe uh, you, maybe the, there's a lot of listeners of this show, and maybe uh, if you get any tweets about it, uh, maybe you can unveil something. that you, you, you had a podcast, right, and it's on hiatus? It's been on hiatus since, uh, I guess, sometime in October. I got really busy in the fall uh, with my outside business uh, activities, in addition to just a lot of travel over the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas and family and traveling around the country. And and on top of that, my business schedule, I just kind of, to be honest, I got a little overwhelmed with the Mm -hmm. scheduling of it. And I didn't feel like I was doing an adequate job planning or preparing or or just putting in time because I didn't have it. So I, I put it on hold and I am about to relaunch in the imminent future um, with a, an entirely different format, a whole new sound and a whole new point of view. So uh, 
I don't want to talk about it too much right now because I don't have any specifics to give. Yeah. But before the end of this month, uh, you'll be well aware, well aware of where I'm going with my podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eric, for uh, being on the show tonight. Let the listeners know where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, at E. Bishop. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, Eric. Appreciate you taking your time tonight. All right, man. Be well. Thank you. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. On mine. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for Dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama we jamming that's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest we the dangerous alliance nah the Harlem Heat tie the do rag before we do battle you're talking sheep you all what you speak this too still a genre is just back we repping that wolf pack the foundation shaking no mistaking yeah we shook that trust in God we trust pushing forward never look back meekness ain't at all weakness some people must just that stamping out this crook rap he turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Donner Brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. And a special thank you from the mastermind behind the NWO. And of course, the president, the former president of WCW. Eric Bischoff, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. Wonderful, wonderful interview. Was uh, very happy to be able to pick his brain and ask him some questions that uh, he uh, has not received from other interviews. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we like to do here on the Pancakes and Power Slam show, to to give thought-provoking questions that would allow someone uh, that we interview to uh discover a different part that uh, they probably laid dormant or they haven't thought about at all. So awesome stuff. We got, we got Russell kingdom 12. We got uh, raw. We got SmackDown. We have um, our flavor of the week uh, this week, which is uh, we're going to talk about sting. We're going to talk about sting um, in my opinion, and also the co-host opinion. 
the greatest of all time, without further was without without a doubt, uh, the the greatest of all time. And also, uh, we are going to uh, talk about the headlines as we always do. But as far as the flavor of the week is concerned, this week we're going to keep the NWO uh, feel um, going on, and we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to do a thumbs up or thumbs down. We haven't done that in a while. We haven't done the thumbs up or thumbs down in a while, and we're going to talk about whether Sting was a good choice to be in the NWO. So, as you remember, if you forgot, it's totally okay <laughs> because, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But we're going to talk about Red Face Sting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Red Face Sting. Thumbs up or thumbs down. On if um, uh, if Sting was a, a good member of the NWO Wolfpack, we will talk about that at the end of the show. We're going to have some fun. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we got some Royal Rumble trivia. Of course, we got our live stream over the Wrestling Rumors. Of course, we have the hashtag Pan Slams for pancakes and power slams. You can always use that tweet to share your thoughts if you're listening to it via audio and without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's bring on the co-host with the most he is evan tech proud how are you tonight sir good morning brother um all right i'm safe i'm a little sore no we got nothing but freezing ice yes here in the greatest state in the greatest state of ohio in Maryland. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do apologize, man, for that noise. Um, yeah, I'm about to. Um, I'm all good. I'm here. I'm safe. My truck is safe. I'm safe. Awesome. Glad you're well. Very, very much glad that you are well. Very much glad that you are well. Um, yeah, man. Uh, this this morning I was taking the trash out. Uh, my driveway, walking down the drive because my driveway is uh, is uh, um, a bit elevated, and uh, I was walking down the driveway and uh, taking the trash out in the morning. And as you know, as uh, as many people know who are close to me, uh, I think I've, I've said it be here before. I have a severely bad back. I had surgery. In 2013, uh, which I talked about around that time <laughs> on the Pancakes and Power Slam show when I did have the surgery. And uh, so I got another surgery coming up. And uh, so, yeah, so I was uh, taking out the trash and uh, that deceitful black ice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it has no heart. It is black ice and it has no heart. It is vile, it is deceptive, it is deceitful, and it's just downright mean. So, yeah, me and the black guys had a uh, had an episode, unfortunately. Had a match. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, we had a sparring contest. And, uh, well, um, black guys hit me with a, with a huge blow. 
But uh, I was actually, it was actually right before I was uh, about to start to salt my driveway. Uh, so it left me with a really, uh, really bad blow. Um, however, I salted the driveway uh, and left it melted. So uh, that's, uh, uh, so at the end, I won. Uh, all right, so let's flood the question. Uh, the the, the uh, live stream is being flooded with questions as always, so that's always uh, always a good thing. We uh, have a question that says from Christopher it says, uh, "Do you hear? Did you hear? Uh, NJPW's owner wants NJPW and WWE to work together." Yes, I did hear about that. Absolutely. Um, JBL. Uh, he always he, he he didn't care. He he was unashamed to mention uh New Japan references. And um so he's been he's been referencing New Japan for a while. I did notice on Raw that there was uh, much stronger New Japan references uh, on the show. So um that would be very interesting. Let me tell you why that would be <clears throat> very very interesting. Uh, if WWE wanted to work with New Japan, this is how it all would be kind of shaped together. So here's this really odd wrestling web, and that is WWE works with New Japan, say if, if that's the case. Um, if, if that is the case where uh, New Japan works with pro rest, uh, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, I don't know, a talent deal perhaps. Um you know, that would probably uh that would probably work. Um there's so many good, you know, names for that. Uh so here's here's the uh here here's the here's the the, the issue with that. Here here's a, a bit of an issue with that. Um if they do, if they do, um, uh, you know, t- uh, t- was it Takaki uh, Kadani? Is the uh, it was a Harada? Shittings um, Kadani. Kachuhito Harada. Uh, yeah. Uh, now it's I think Kadani. He 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 owns the parent company of uh, New Japan, which is uh, uh, Bushi Road, I believe. So basically, they work out a deal, and. Uh, they, they they work out a deal, and they want to work from a talent exchange, uh, perhaps New Japan stuff on the network, but they already have the New Japan world, so they probably won't do that uh, because, you know, that will take money out of their pockets because they have a subscription already, New Japan world. So that sure. wouldn't be the case. So as far as programming, perhaps the WWE can be in conjunction with them with their – um, with their New Japan USA stuff, with their Long Beach stuff, which they had one Memorial, uh, excuse me, Fourth uh, of, of July weekend last year. They got one coming up here uh, soon that they just uh, announced as well. So if, if there's a conjunction with that, that means that either you would fire Don Callis and keep Kevin Kelly, who's a former WWE commentator. Mm-hmm. The reason why you would fire Don Callis, which you shouldn't, because I think he's a really good color guy, uh, you would have to find another com- color commentator 
because Don Callis is the current uh, new executive vice president of Impact Wrestling with Scott Demore. So if you work with New right. Japan, that means that you would, by default, work with Impact Wrestling, which well, is right. your number one competitor, which isn't really, you know, they're not a competitor, but yeah, they're, they're still technically your number one competitor here in the United States. So if, if, if New Japan works with WWE, that means WWE by, by default works with Impact because the uh, bridge between both of those things is the same bridge that was between, you know, coming up with kind of the master monitor, the, the creative uh, ma- uh, creative genius behind Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega. That would be Don Callis. Yeah. So do you rid yourself of Don Callis and go back to Steve Carino saying, because as, as you know, most of us know who follows New Japan. Uh, well, and here's a funny thing. So ROH has a partnership with New Japan as well because for the past couple of years, they've been featured on the uh, Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-view. So if New Japan works with WWE, that means they will, they would tie in all of the companies because WWE, uh, because Don Callis is the English announcer for, for New Japan, who is the right. executive vice president of Impact Wrestling, and New Japan has the talent agreement with ROH. So that's really interesting. Uh, we got someone who says Steve isn't going back to ROH, but he doesn't have to go back with R- to ROH because uh, Steve Carino now works in the WWE Performance Center. So they could easily, you know, have no, him okay. be the English commentary guy for New Japan, if they do work a talent uh, deal, and he could, you know, he could come right back, you know, and and be the English guy because now he works as a trainer at a performance center, so he's a WWE employee. So <laughs> it's really weird how that would work. If New Japan partners with WWE, that would be really interesting how that would work out. Yeah, I think it would be interesting too, but I don't think it. I don't think Hopefully, New Japan keeps that relationship with TNA Impact and some Owls. Maybe we want to call them Owls. Oh, 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 yeah, they were talking. Well, they've done that before, though. They've talked about uh, only there's a few people who have won the New Japan uh, Tag Team Championships as long, along with the WWE Tag Team Championships. They mentioned uh, the Dudleys, the Steiner brothers, and uh, they also mentioned um, Gallows and Anderson uh, recently. So either way, it'll be interesting how that all works out. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is time for the headline to... All right, ladies and gentlemen, the first headline for today is Booker T, the Booker Man, sucker. Booker yeah. T. <laughs> Speaking of New Japan, 
uh, the current junior tag team championships. Speaking of that, before we go to Booker T, let's talk about a little Russell Kingdom. Uh, Russell Kingdom 12, the 12th installment of the Russell Kingdom pay-per-view for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, they had uh, events in the Tokyo Dome uh, long before that. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is the the biggest show of the year. Uh, the main is pretty Japan. high as well. Uh, but yeah, this is the WrestleMania of Japan. Um, they had about thirty, I think it was thirty four thousand nine ninety five. The end was talking about so that was the uh, the attendance, not counting any type of personnel or any you know paid or or staff or anything like that. So it was around the forty thousand uh, range. So Tokyo Dome, forty thousand people in there. Man, it was it was a great uh, it was a great night. I really enjoyed it. Uh, speaking of the wrestling rumors, I, I wrote a star a star rating article uh, at Wrestling yes, Rumors, uh, uh, so be sure to look at that. Uh, yeah, man, it took me. Uh, I really had some. I really put some comprehensive thought into each one of those matches. I watched them. Uh, I watched them very um, uh, intricately. Uh, to be able to, you know, uh, f- uh, firmly and finely grade uh, and rate each one of them, and so yeah, I think uh, I think I came up with some pretty accurate star ratings. Uh, I know that you um, checked it out as well, Evan. Uh, and um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on just the ratings and just the uh, Wrestle Kingdom, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom presentation this year? I thought I thought Russell Kingdom twelve was great. Uh, you know, the question is is twelve better than eleven? Um, like like we alluded to on my show is the things with Russell Kingdom twelve this year that that ahead better than eleven. And eleven was great. Is the fact that the undercard when you discussed me and Talk, the undercard this year was so phenomenal. So Russell Kingdom 11 last year, like the, the three main event matches with his three degrees, the undercard was like, okay. This year, the whole all six and a half hours of this tribute to those that watched all six and a half hours in a straight duration, because I didn't, was good from top to bottom. And as, I, and as yeah. I say for anybody that isn't good with math for how long six and a half hours is, it's about 13 episodes of the Cosby Show. 13 episodes and step by step on any half an hour, 30 minute program <laughs> that you to watch as a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, I thought, unfortunately, the link that uh, the link that I got, actually a fan of mine sent me the link to get five star rating. It didn't work, but I mean, your yeah, star rating for um, Russell King was 12. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, Omega and, and Jericho exceeded my expectations. I knew the match was going to be wonderful, but it was just great. It told a great story. Jericho doing the line chamber and the walls behind the people. The chair was ripped up to shreds. It, this was so much of a great story. Um, Omega using hairspray. It is. It is wonderful. The, the match was great. Um, uh, Okada and Naito, which I wasn't honestly familiar with much, uh, so his interest was wonderful. Great story. Not, he kept working on Okada's neck. Back and forth, uh, Okada had to use the spinning team song into the Rainmaker to finally end it. And Cody Rhodes' match was great. The, the junior match, as you said, Featherstone earlier was, was, was 
phenomenal. Uh, Marty Scroll, his entrance with the wings, with the wings or whatever it was like a vulture or a condor, it was wonderful. And I like how he played the yeah. role where he was doing a move and getting out. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple matches, but the, the, the pay per view was just. I, after that, I felt elated. I felt great. I felt like a kid again, like a teenager again, like a freshman and sophomore in college again, watching wrestling and the 80s and 90s. So, like, yes, I felt like a fan. I actually marked out watching it. I felt proud to be a wrestling yeah. fan. I know I'm missing a match. Yep. I do apologize. I think I got all the big ones. But I, I thought it was great. Yeah. As Uncle Dave said, uh, probably uh, never, never. Never open weight, uh, so um, Minero Suzuki. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wanted, sorry. Uh, That's the message we got. That message is wonderful. Yep. All right, first question before I share my thoughts. Here's the first trivia question for the night. We're doing Royal Rumble 2002 to 2004. Here is the first question. Who won the Intercontinental Championship at Royal Rumble 2002? Who won the Intercontinental Championship at Royal Rumble 2002? All right, so my Wrestle Kingdom thoughts. All right, here we go. So I think I gave. Um, matter of fact, let me find out. Let me let me find out what the um, what the, what the stars I gave who. Let me find that out. Uh, so the New Japan Rumble, I think I just gave it like uh, like two stars. It, it wasn't it wasn't all that good. Um, it was okay. I mean, the, the fact that Cheeseburger was the last person, uh, well, he, he was the runner up of it. Uh, I think that was, was I think that was pretty cool. Because um, you know, Cheeseburger's uh, he's 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 way over uh, with the Shote. From Juice and Thunder Liger, I was a big Juice and Thunder Liger mark as I was growing up. I thought he looked so cool. Um, so I got that two stars. That wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't. I wasn't all that. It was. A, it was. A, it was a decent opener. They have. They have the New Japan Rumble right. every year before the you know the pay per view starts. Uh, Young Bucks against Rapongi 3K. Uh, that was okay. Um, you know, Don Callis kind of uh, teased perhaps the Young Bucks, uh, wanting to recruit the Young Bucks. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think with the Young Bucks, I've, you know, I, they kind of spoiled me. Um, last year, I think they went against Rapongi Vice. Um, and Rapongi Vice uh, beat them, I believe, last year. In the opener, because usually the junior the junior uh, tag title matches the opener every year. I think Rapongi Vice beat the Young Bucks. Let me check and see. Yes. Um, well, that was the second match because Tiger Mask W uh, defeated uh, Tiger the Dark. With the Tiger the Dark was HCH, I believe. Yeah. Um, HCH. So I believe Kodo Bushi was Tiger Mask W. Uh, so yeah, Rapongi Vice beat at the Young Bucks to win the uh, the, the Junior Tag Titles again. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom ten. Um, the opener for that was uh, Young Bucks. Yeah, that that one was really good. The four way uh, to Wrestle Kingdom ten. I remember watching that. That was really good. Uh, that was Young Bucks defeating um, Red Dragon. Uh, Matt Sydal and Ricochet, 
and Rapongi Vice. I think Kevin Kelly made a bit of an error because, I, yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, I think they said that they never won the titles at the Russell Kingdom event. And I was like, oh, I don't I think that that's not true because I remember Red Dragon having the junior tag titles uh at Russell Kingdom ten. And so yeah, they did. They beat the they beat Red Dragon. The Red Dragon had the titles and they won the titles at Russell Kingdom ten. So yeah, Russell Kingdom nine I remember that was pretty good too. Um Russell Kingdom nine was phenomenal. That's probably the best one. Um Nakamura. Uh, the opener for the junior tag title match with that one was Red Dragon. That was a four-way as well. So that was Red Dragon defeating the Forever Hooligans, the Time Splitters, and the Young Bucks. They they retained the titles. That was a really good four-way as well. So yeah, so that so I mean you know compared to those uh, few years beforehand, I, that's what I that's what I compared it to, and I, you know I didn't really live up to the uh, to. The other, you know, junior uh, heavyweight championship matches, the uh, gauntlet, the never open weight six man gauntlet, that was okay. I mean, it, it was a hard hitting match. It was a pretty intense. Um, it was interesting to see War Machine uh, there and uh, on New Year's Dash as well, because there's some there's some t- talks of uh, of them, you know, coming to the WWE. Um, so yeah. It was it was decent. It was three stars. I gave it, um, you know, pretty pretty cool match, pretty intense match. I gave Kota Ibushi and Cody three and a half stars. It was a really good match. Um, I think that uh, it tells a story. Cody, you know, Cody's a good heel. He plays a really good heel. Uh, it'll be sure. interesting to see you know, uh, if he does turn babyface. How that would look. The reason why I gave it three and a half stars because I really thought that Dalton Castle. Uh, if he was added to this match and made it for the ROH championship, because it was originally for the ROH title with just Cody and Ibushi, and then Dalton Castle beat Cody at Final Battle, so it wasn't a title match. Kota Ibushi beat Cody, so it made me think, it made made me wonder, you know, it seemed like they changed the decision of who won, because – or or maybe not, because maybe Kota Ibushi would have won anyways and won the ROH title, which which would, would, would be cool that Kota Ibushi was ROH champion, but I don't think that they would have done that if Cody, you know, would have came in ROH champion. But uh, three and a quarter stars for the uh, IWGP uh, Tag Team Championship. Uh, uh, Killer Elite Squad are just, Aggressive, amazing heels. Uh, my, my, my buddy Lance Archer uh, does a very fine job as uh, being a rugged, just aggressive heel. Yeah. Uh, Lij, you know they're one of the hottest things in New Japan. Evil Sonata winning the uh, uh, World Tag League, and so that makes sense. Uh, Never Open Weight Championship. I gave that three and a half stars. I mean, those never matches. I remember a couple of years ago, it was uh, Ishii against uh, Katsuyori Shibata. Oh, my goodness. That match was intense. <laughs> it was absolutely which intense. Which, which uh, was that? Uh, I think that was 10. That it was, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it was 10, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the match between Katsuyori Shibata and Ishii. Um, let me check and see which one. I think I, I'm, I'm almost certain that it was 10. 
Um, let me see. The never for ten was yes, it was ten. It was Shibata against uh, Ishii. Yep. Um, yeah, that match was. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite. I think that was probably my favorite. Well, Okada and Tanahashi was an amazing match. Ten was probably better than nine. Um, because nine was Nakamura against AJ Styles from the Kano Championship. That was fantastic. Uh, Shibata versus Ishii for the Never Open Weight. That was fantastic as well. Yeah, man, I think I think ten was amazing too. Jay Lethal uh, retaining the ROH title against Michael Elgin. Yeah, there was some really good matches on that one. So. But yeah, I mean that was pretty good. Of course, Jericho and Omega. I don't think Jericho and Omega was as good as people hyped it up to be. I think it was really good. I think it was fantastic. Uh, but I think that was the third best match of the night. I think the second best match of the night was um, the, the main event. Um, where I, I gave Jericho Omega four stars. I gave the main event was between Okada and Naito four and a quarter. And I gave uh, the junior heavyweight championship four and a half. I think that match was absolutely phenomenal. So, all around, very good uh, pay per view as always. Uh, it always sets a bar. I mean, it really is. New Japan, New Japan and, and Wrestle Kingdom always set a bar of, and that's why I'm glad that it's January 4th, because every year it sets a bar of, hey, we're going to bring it. <laughs> we're going to bring it. Uh, we're going to be the best uh, pay-per-view of all year. And, you know, they, they do a, a fantastic job every time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is the correct answer. William Regal. I see some correct answers on the live stream. William Regal defeated Chris Jericho. Good job. Here is the next question. Two people were tied with the most eliminations at the 2002 Royal Rumble. Who were they? Two people were tied with the most eliminations at the 2002 Royal Rumble. Who were they? All right, so let's get to the Young Bucks and Booker T. Booker T, man, you said, man, listen, I, you know, I like the Young Bucks, dog. But I'm going to tell you what, man. You know, all this flipping and flying, man, you know, I'm from the old school, okay? And I'm a big fan of you telling a story in the ring, brother. You know what I'm talking about, dog. So Booker T, he has a criticizing the the the, the, the wrestling style of the Young Bucks, dog. I'm telling you, man, yeah. I'm from the old school, dog. And what I want yeah, dog, is the Young Bucks to realize that you know what I'm saying, man. Because what I'm I'm, I'm telling you, man. The young bucks need to take care and need to take advantage of what they got now, man. The oldest is thirty-two, yeah, dog. So you want to take advantage of what you got there, man? Because I'm gonna tell you what he said that they don't fare well outside of the the ring because of what they said. I'm tell you what, my mama always said, man. If you're gonna say something, man, the road you go up, man, is the road you gonna come down, brother. So basically, that's what I was looking at these synopsis of yeah. the Young Bucks. Evan, your thoughts? <laughs> I, it, it, like you said, old school to new school is, you know, you can see where Booker T is coming from. Of course, the story has to be told, but 
I, I I get what he's saying, but then you also got to look at it. You got to have different flavors of ice cream. Everybody doesn't have to be WWE because it will be boring. And what made the Young Bucks who they are today, I remember when they debuted in TNA, OWL, we used to call them, you know, the you know premature Hardys. And, you know, they look like just like the Hardy Boys. And the, the Young Bucks got known because of their style. And if the young bucks don't wrestle their style and change it their style to you know to, to you know man you know the the storytelling match you know in this business, that's not gonna be them. And then the Booker T and Stevie yeah. Ray start doing flips it won't be Harlem Heat. So this you just gotta I mean, even though he didn't bury him, he appreciated him. This is you know that's what makes the young bucks. You got older wrestlers and you know the the the, the founding fathers of wrestling. You got psychology and tell a story, and you got to do this. That is that's true. right, dog. It's you not, better tell a story. Yeah, dog, Ring, tell a dog. story. Yeah, in this business, dog. You know, in this business, my day. True, but <laughs> that was you. That's what made you who you are. Every man now, every match has had to be to be fly for. As my late mother used to always say, them playing Superman's. You know, the cruiserweights had, you know, the the, the Leech got that style. And, you know, J- J- Japan got that style. WWE has that style. So, if you get the Young Bucks, they other the WWE, they can keep having their matches. That's what makes the money. Like, Booker T alluded to. So, I can see what he's saying with this little book. They're not in E. This isn't WCW. This isn't even global. It's Japan. <laughs> it's all eight. The Ebony Experience dog. Ebony Experience dog. Uh, yeah, you know, the D-Rags dog. You know, the shank wounds. <laughs> right. You know, but watch some of that old school GFW. Uh, the the gear of the Ebony Experience was just, you know, hilarious. There would be times where, like, their boots was, like, a totally different color. Because at the time, they kind of, yeah. at the time, mm-hmm. they had, like, the split. You know, tight yeah, split right. color tights, and like their their boots was just a a totally different color. It was just the the gear was just absolutely amazing to me. Uh, Austin and Taker is the correct answer. Uh, Christopher says so. He's saying Young Bucks should be a two hundred five live. That's right, dog. It should be a two hundred five live, dog. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm critical of the Young Bucks. I've said this be here. I've said this here before. I, I'm just I'm just critical of the Young Bucks. I think that, um, you know, I agree with Booker T. I can also understand the Young Bucks. You know, they they are doing well in a niche. They're they're doing fantastic in 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 their elements. They're staying in their element. They they know how to maximize their ability, and they're doing very good at it. So that that's without question. Um, I don't think their style will work in WWE, as Booker T alluded to. Um, but you know they're in the Indies, so if you're going to be in the Indies, that's what the Indies do. I mean, they they create you know the independent scene has created a whole different style of pro wrestling uh, nowadays for a niche market. You know, it's I think the I think the market would always be a niche market. I don't think it will expand uh, very large. Uh, because at the end of the day, sports entertainment, characters, baby faces, heels, kayfabe, all of that still matters in professional wrestling because us wrestling fans always need a reason of why to explain to somebody, why are you watching something that's uh, fake and predetermined 
uh, and staged. Uh, I will say, hey, listen, to me, pro wrestling is a comic book come to life. Don't you listen to, don't you watch comic books? Don't you read comic books? Don't you watch Spider-Man, X-Men, you know, Avengers, all of that? And if the answer is yes, you know, I would say, hey, well, you can't say anything about pro wrestling because that's a different element of comic books, you know. So, uh, you know, and at, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. But when you get the blurring the lines between, uh, you know, you, so a lot of times they, a lot of times independent scene, independent wrestlers blur the lines because they're doing spot, you know, crazy, careless spots so, so many times. Um, you know, and I'm saying this, the favorite match that I saw was the junior heavyweight championship match at Wrestle Kingdom because it, it told a really good story. And I said this about Osprey and Ricochet. I've had Ricochet on my show before, uh, you know, big fan of his work. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't think that, again, I don't think that that style of wrestling will extend to the sports entertainment, you know, larger field of professional wrestling. I don't think that they'll ever make a main event per se. Uh, I mean, we see what's we see it with 205 Live. You know, the amazing yeah. athletes. I mean, they do a lot of what we see within the independent scenes as far as just spots yeah. and flying and stuff like that. And you see the reaction that people have of 205 Live, unfortunately. So, at the end of the day, that's what would probably happen when it comes to the reaction that comes with that style of, 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 of competition. Uh, however, uh, you know, I, I would, I would be, you know, lying if I said that, uh, you know, two Oh five live, uh, shouldn't be, or the cruiserweight division shouldn't be in the WWE. I, I don't agree with that. I, I would, I would totally put the, yeah, you know, maintain the, I think the booking isn't very good with 205 Live. It doesn't do anything to intrigue me. There's no story behind it's, it. And it just goes to show that, there's no, that if it's just... There's no, there's no build up to the wrestling. Yeah. You don't know who these people are. When you were right. small, he was exactly. black. You like Lionel Richie, he danced. Okay, cool. You know, you got Enzo. He wouldn't even be in 205 Live if, unfortunately, the cast didn't get hurt. But he made a good opportunity out of something bad. But we know who Enzo is. Neville, yeah, we know right. about Neville, who he is, the Highlander. Duck and we know Enzo not because of his wrestling, because of his character. Right, because, right. But at least he got, we can look at him and say, okay, this is what he's about. He is a bad clown. Right. You know, look at Neville, yep. look at Aries, he made sense. What is Cedric Alexander? Random black dude that come out, he wears like a t-shirt right. piece thing. That's it. <laughs> no Cedric Alexander, uh, exactly. right, no character. Uh, T.J. Perkins, whoever he is, okay, he has a video game thing. He's a, okay, does he right. like video games? Is he trying to be like a video game character? Why is he doing the death? Why did you change his name? Don't know. I mean, the fans don't care because there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing to go by. It's like, okay, these, That's right. they're like a bunch of, we got kids. It's like the kids take a bunch of generic wrestling action figures and you put them in a ring and right. they're all flying around. <laughs> What's their name? I don't know. Right. It's, that's exactly why no one cares about Tool Five Live. And he wants to WWE use a machine and try to have some kind of backstory. Why was Alicia Fox right. with Cedric Alexander for two weeks? We don't know. Oh, because she's black. We'll throw him with a black guy. 
see if that works. Okay, <laughs> two weeks it didn't work. So now well, yeah, well, crazy. He, he was with uh, Noel Dar. He's uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, we can't. I don't. Uh, we can't forget about. I forgot his nationality. Um, we we can't forget about Gallagher, the uh, the English muffin guy. I call him English muffin. People cared about uh, him. Jack Gallagher. Yeah, English muffin. We cared about him because <laughs> he had a foundation. He had the umbrella, kind of yeah. like leading team. Uh, Israeli-born Scottish wrestler. Yeah, that's that's, that's what it is. Only twenty. He's an MMA. Um, yeah. Uh, I got a bunch of good t- comments here about 205 Live. Uh, Kevin says, I- I'm surprised 205 Live is still going. Um, Christopher says, I don't think 205 Live needs to be on Raw. Just leave them on the network. Um, 205 Live is a great, uh, is a great talent that, that's treated like a circus sideshow. They're often the best wrestling we see on Monday nights. Very, very interesting. Uh, James asks, uh, what about the all the UK dudes in the, that strap? Um, I mean, you know, UK the UK championship matches they they deliver. I mean, Tyler Bate versus P. Dunne at uh, Takeover Chicago, I think it was, was one of the best matches in in all of 2017. Uh, I think they I think they even they they did Pete what they did Pete Dunne against uh, Enzo Moray. Um, and they did Johnny Gargano against Pete Dunne on NXT for the title. Um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I think they should uh, bring more hype to the. They they they're doing the the uh, affiliations they have with ICW and Progress. They're doing a lot of um, they're doing a lot of title defenses at the independent European. You know. Um, Shows, which is good. I think that's a good marketing. Uh, uh, I think that's good marketing. Uh, so as far as WWE to you know to to draw in more viewers from the UK to have a UK championship and to you know uh, line to to partner up with the independent promotions in the UK to defend that title. So yeah, I mean that that's, that's good. Uh, Enzo and Raw at Raw in London. Timmy says thank you for that. Um, Dontrell says, bring back the European Championship. No way. We have the UK Championship. Uh, Steve says, bring the Hardcore Championship back. No, I think that they would totally uh, <laughs> brutalize yeah, that title. as well. Yeah. Bring back the, <laughs> the right, U.S. heavyweight tag team championships. Oh, yeah. But my boy Bobby in the Fantastics U.S. tag uh-huh. team championships. And also Tom Zink and Brian Tillman, I think they won the U.S. title, uh, tag team titles uh, as well. It is. All right, what was the it outcome is. of the Shawn Michaels versus Triple H match at Royal Rumble 2004? What was the outcome of the Shawn One Michaels versus Triple H match at a Royal Rumble 2004? Real quick, uh, let's go to the U.S. Tag Team Championships history. Uh, I'm really interested to see what the history of this is. Another Midnight Express one, another. Uh, I know the Fantastics won it. Um, I think Pillman. I think Pillman and Zinc won it as well. Okay, so let's go back even further. The NWA uh, United States Tag Team Championship. Uh, okay, so here is. All right, so you had Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff of the inaugural champions. Uh, they beat Dutch Mantel and Bobby Jaggers. 
And then wow. Ron Garvin and Barry Windham won it on uh, December 9th, 1986. And then Murdoch and Koloff uh, won it um, in 1987, March 14th. It was vacated because Murdoch was suspended from entering competition. After performing a brain buster on Akilah Kov on the on the concrete floor, so they stripped the title from me. That that is the wrestling that I'm talking about, man. I mean that. Come on, that goes to show. Like to me, that shows how amazing a heel is, how dastardly and menacing uh, and heartless and callous a heel is. That. They'll vacate the titles. He he's even willing to risk vacating the championships to prove that he is the biggest dog in the yard. Uh, so yeah, that's that's amazing. So the Midnight Express picked it up uh, in a tournament final by beating uh, Garvin and Wyndham, and then the Fantastic Tommy Roger and my my brother Bobby Fulton won in uh, uh, 1988, April 26th. Midnight Express beat them back at the Great American Bash 1988. Uh, and then it was vacated because uh, the Midnight Express won the NWA Tag Team Championships. Fantastics picked it up again uh, by beating Eddie Gilbert and Ron Simmons uh, in the tournament final. Class of the Champions. Sam, do you know these names? You need a full uh, three names. Right. Know these names. Right. Uh, Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams of the Varsity Club uh, picked them back, picked them up for the first time. Starcade '88. And then Eddie Gilbert, it's a nice little uh, uh, lineage here. Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner uh, beat them uh, 1989 in February, vacated uh, because they split as a team, Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner. Uh, and so Rick started teaming up with Scott. And then, yep, so Pillman and Zink won it in 1990, February 1990. So. Midnight Express won it for the third time. Then the Steiners uh, vacated. Um, yeah, so vacated because the yeah. Steiners won the tag title. Midnight Express. Freebirds picked it up in '91. Then the Patriots, Todd Champion, Firebreaker Chip. Then the Young Pistols. Then Big John and Ron Simmons in '92. Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine. In 92, Freebirds picked it up in the May of 92, and then uh, Dick Slater and the Barbarian in uh, June of 92 at a WCW main event. And that was the last uh, uh, U.S. Tag Team Champion, Dick Slater and the Barbarian. So there's your United States Dirty Championship. Dick Slater. Yes. Dirty yes. Dick Slater. Yeah, Charles says Rip um, yes, okay, so they're answering the, the question. Yes, good job. Um, so it was a draw. Yep, that was the, uh, that was the answer of the uh, last question. Good job. All right, so the next headline that we have uh, for uh, tonight, so we're going to, uh, we talked about Enzo Amore. Um, he wants Neville back. Uh, Evan, your quick thoughts on the, um, Straight to the source interview with uh, with uh, Corey Corey Graves. It's uh, kind of uh, got a little serious there. How you doing? I, I didn't. I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, I did get yeah, absolutely soon. I did hear about you know, through your link and through other people that uh, 
he won a double back. Uh, and it makes sense. Bring him back. You know, he was just, you got, he got it. You need some kind of luster. You need some kind of fire stuck up with the proverbial butt of 205 Live so the fans can care. You know, Aries isn't coming back no time soon. I'll talk to him. I can guarantee you that. Devil, you know, I guess he's in a dark house and so he's taking some radical and chilling. You got to bring somebody that brings that us. Uh, but, but, but Neville, he's in that weird spot, kind of how Jericho was when he first started in WWE. You're like, he's too big for 205 Live, but too small for the main roster. So, right. you, know. you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just, I would love Neville to come back. You know, and I'm with Enzo. You know, yeah. bring Neville back, I'm for it. There you go. Bring back Hoovy. Oh, Hoovy. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him into a five five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Oh man, what did Hoover do, Guerrero? He he he, he would. Oh man, what would he say? Uh, <laughs> for a while, he started mocking the Rock. Um, it was hilarious though. People remember him for that. He said like he said something funny like finally. The fans have come to see Hoovy, and finally, Hoovy has come to has got the juice or some some crazy like that. That was just absolutely hilarious what he would say it. Oh man, just the funniest thing. He started mocking the Rock. I mean, that just you know I, I don't know who That's came hilarious. up with that idea. We, we, funny, we just talked to Eric Bischoff. Uh, I just talked to Eric Bischoff here at the beginning of the show. Uh, you know, that would have been something funny to ask him. Who came up with who came up with the idea of Juventud Guerrera uh mocking the rock in um so yeah, I think that would have been hilarious. Uh Christopher saying uh Rey Mysterio to two thousand five, Shannon saying uh Corey Graves was cut short, he was one of favorite NST. Justin says I respect Enzo, he stands up for himself no matter the situation. Um, you know, uh, here's here, here's my thoughts about that straight to the source interview real quick. Um, I think that and, and and there was a there was an interview that the Sun did the Sun uh, UK did it with Enzo, and I you know it, it, that's that celebrity curse in a lot of times you know and I think Enzo is kind of falling right into that like. Your life as a celebrity has an expiration date, and then what happens after that? Then you kind of get to the point where, and this happens with a lot of people, you kind of get to the point where the whole celebrity fame is done, and then you really don't have a plan B, and then you try to kind of relive the celebrity days, but then you look, you know, and and that's usually how it goes a lot of times with this, this celebrity mentality. And I think with with Enzo, you know, he kind of plays the gimmick a little bit too much. And, you know, look at Ric Flair. Ric Flair has admitted, you know, so many faults in his career that he wished that he could do again. Uh, as far as his lifestyle, you know, living the gimmick. And, you know, I don't think Enzo is a big enough name to really bank on living the gimmick. And I think, uh, you know, if it is, yeah, if it, if it is indeed a shoot, you know, they, uh, with the search of the source uh, net, network special, they 
uh, showed a um, a video of Cass, a big Cass in a surgery bed, uh, you know, kind of getting really upset about uh, um, Enzo tweeting, you know, the fact that he should have finished the match, you know, when he when he tore his um, uh, MCL or ACL, I think it was ACL, um, one of them, uh, when he when he tore it. And he said he should have finished the match. He tweeted it, and it really made uh, Big Cass upset because he was talking about how he carried him when he hurt, when he injured his knee, when he injured his leg. I think he broke broke his leg in NXT or injured it. Uh, he was in he was in a boot, and he was in a you know half you know from from knee to 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 foot brace, and he said he would literally carry him back and forth while you know they were roommates. While he would, you know, while he was injured, he talked about that time, of course, when they, I think it was the, um, who was it that they went against? Uh, wasn't the, it was Anderson and Gallows, I believe, they went against, or maybe the Vault Villains. It was Vault Villains, I believe. When uh, Enzo um, kind of sliced his, you know, um, uh, he was on the on the rope and just kind of yeah, uh, uh, bounced off of it real, real swiftly and just kind of was... Unconscious, you know. He he right. mentioned that too. He said he carried him, you know, where he needed to go. Carried him back and forth while he was, you know, rehabilitating. And so he got really upset about that. And I can definitely understand. You know, you can't. Sometimes when you live the gimmick like that, you kind of forget those times where you weren't living the gimmick, and when someone really, you know, was there for you. And I think that, that really. Um, be quite. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. So, uh, Robbie says, been watching old school wrestling on the WWE Network. Currently in 1993, just recently saw Sting vs. Brit Vader at Super Brawl three. Then saw right. WrestleMania nine with the title change hands twice. So that is true old school stuff. So any thoughts and rumors of Scott Hall's son Cody doing WWE and Brie Bella making a comeback? Um, Brie will be back. Um, uh, I think. There was a interview with her and Nikki. I think it was with Nikki, and uh, she was talking about how you know they they definitely can see them coming back um, this year in 2018. So I see both of them coming back, Bree and Nikki. As far as Cody Hall, I mean, I don't really see him in the WWE. I mean, he really didn't work out when he was with Bullet Club. So, eh, you know. He's really green. He's still got a long time left. I know him and uh, Scott Hall was sparring together for a lot of time. Um, I don't see Cody in, in, in the WWE anytime soon. You know, anything could happen, of course, but I, I don't see Cody in, in the WWE anytime soon. Um, the Bullet Club didn't work out, and, you know, his New Japan didn't work out too well. So, um I just see him in the Indies for a while. Maybe he maybe he earns some stripes that way, and 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 maybe get you know sought after from WWE after some time in the Indies. Here it goes. Who won the World Tag Team Championship at the 2003 Royal Rumble? Who won the World Tag Team Championship at the 2003 Royal Rumble? All right. So real quick, uh, we'll talk about this on SmackDown Live when we get to SmackDown Live. Um, you know, reportedly, one of the reasons why they weren't they they want WWE reportedly, and this is from the Observer, uh, is because um, basically the WWE 
is thinking of turning Daniel Bryan heel because really? understanding that he may leave the company and he become will. a wrestler. They, if he's healed, they feel as if he will lose a bit of his edge and zest and stock value on the Indies. But I think it's just a terrible logic. It WWE. won't. <laughs> it won't at all. WWE won't. Um, WWE's wrong and they yeah, can't look do at, it. Look at Cody Rhodes. So, I mean, you know, he didn't. Ryback, on the other hand, um, he's not doing very well in the Indies as far as just, uh, you know, Huge success. Yeah, I know you left his podcast. Cryback. I know you left his podcast. You too, very sarcastic. And, and fans, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I think he, he blocked me from like Twitter. I think he blocked my show. So he, blocked. he blocked one of my accounts from Twitter. Yeah, I think I think so. But um, him and Jimmy all black people. I don't even remember why he blocked me I think it was because of the article That I wrote um, And maybe, maybe I don't know I mean maybe he's, I think maybe they saw an article Or maybe he saw an article Or whoever handles the Twitter account Saw an article of me uh, I think it was maybe The, the Dana Warrior uh, Kind of back and forth that he went uh, With with her I mean, he had it with her, and I reported it. As a journalist, I'm going to report it, and I think that's uh, – I don't know exactly why, but there's never been one time that I've spoke ill on Twitter about Ryback or, you know, or you know, put his Twitter handle on a, a comment or anything like that. So I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a badge of honor he needs a hug. <laughs> as a journalist uh, he needs a hug. You know, for, for that to be case. So, all right. So uh, let's see. I think we maybe got some correct answers. Uh, who the Yep. Good job, Shelby. Great job. And Kevin, I see a, a good answer as well. The Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys. Got some uh, semi-disparaging comments about Ryback. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So that's that. Um Alberto El Patron wants uh, Impact oh, Wrestling to go ahead and head, head to head with WrestleMania. Oh, the gosh. interview that he had, that, uh, I, I just find that whole thing extremely <laughs> hilarious because <laughs> it, uh, it, it will totally bomb like it did. Uh, was it 2010 when they went head to head with uh, um, with WWE for like two months and it was just a bust. Yeah, that, that was that was the Monday when WWE decided, okay, Impact's going on live. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna have Shawn Michaels and uh, Shawn Michaels and HB Shawn Michaels and CK, Shawn Michaels and Brett. They're gonna forgive each other. They're gonna mm-hmm. get delivered. They're gonna, you know, lay all their burdens to the Lord, and they're gonna become friends again. And well, you know the funny thing about that is. The, the the funny thing about that that was the January fourth edition of uh, of Raw, which did a five point six, which is probably their last, uh, the, probably their biggest rating since then. Um, yeah. And they went back to the threes. Um, they they dipped. They went. They they substantially dipped. Um, that was a five six. So they promoted it well. They did the whole Brett and Sean thing. They they got a really good rating. Um, 
And then and the impact, impact of the two point two. Yeah, the impact of the two point two. I think their biggest thing. I think that's when Sting came. If I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. or, or no, 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 Sting came much before that. I think it was RVD that came. Yeah, RVD. Jeff Hardy. I think both of them, maybe Flair as well. They had a few names. That came on that show I think it was RVD Flair And Jeff Hardy Maybe um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember the results Somebody can give me the results uh, Real quick of that It was January 4th um, 2010 So whoever wants to cut and paste those results For me um, Somewhere uh, maybe I can maybe I can find them as well. Um, so yeah, so that was the January fourth edition. Um, okay, so you have the Steel Asylum match. Okay, so you have the Steel Asylum match. So when Jeff Hardy, that's when Jeff Hardy debuted uh, at that the beginning of the show. Um, um, he debuted. So and I think there was a few more too. I think I think they did a shot of Ric Flair walking, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the, the so White Limo pulls up and and Ric Flair um, comes out of the limo. So that was the, another big thing. Um, and then I think Bobby Lashley kind of he was with Crystal Moore. Is that the last name Crystal? His, his Crystal Marshall. Name. Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Crystal Marshall. Um. So they were they did the thing that they did the the, the heel thing. Um, so uh, another segment with the woman. Okay, so Sean Waltman and Scott Hall. So they were kind of doing the whole NWO type of deal. Um, so you know Hogan, they were they were you know uh, buffing you know they were promoting Hogan coming out. So Hogan Hall, and then Shot Waldman and Kevin Ash, Bischoff and Sting. Yeah, so, 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 so they had a segment. So you know it was it was uh, man, you know they tried, <laughs> they they did tried that one. But you know Jeff Jarrett uh, came out as well. Um, so you know it it, it was uh, it was a decent it, it was a decent kind of. Um, Attempt, you know, to to do something. I think Nasty Boys, yeah, Nasty Boys were there too. Um, so, nasty. so, yeah, I mean, it was you know AJ Styles and Angle was the was the, uh, the the match, and that was a really good match. Mick Foley, Sean Morley, those are just different names that the, you know they kind of threw out there for uh, this, you know, the the, the, the fourth. But that was just like the pilot. Then they start like, um, then in March they started the the, the true head to head because the January thing was just a one off, and then they start doing the head to head to March, and it was just so lopsided. It was embarrassing. I think they were under, uh, I think they were under a one rating, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, point nine eight for March eighth, March fifteenth to point eight four. So they didn't go back in the entire. Head to head, which lasted two months, um, they didn't even get up to a point one. So, 
or 1.0, uh, I should say. They didn't even get to a 1.0. So that was quite embarrassing for, for that head-to-head. So that didn't work out too much. Uh, my pre- uh, my predicted rating, someone asked. Um, <laughs> hey, Alberto, that's dumb. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, Timmy, they are very strict when it comes to head injuries. Um, what's my predicted rating of the 25th anniversary? Um, so I It'll think they're usually around a, between like 2-8 and like 3-1. Somewhere around that. Um, they usually get around that. It's usually around like 2-7, 2 eight, about yeah, three one. It, it, it might, it might. Um, I think it might hit a three five. Um. Yeah. I think it might hit a yeah, three five. Think, you, you got Austin. You got Tri- You got Austin. You got Nash. You got HBK. You got Undertaker. Um. You know, Ronda Rousey's making a debut all that week. Say it again. So three four. Um, yeah, three, four recently. So I think you probably get a. I think you probably get a three. So this it, they were hit this week, uh, um, real bad because of the national yeah, the championship college. game. Well, it's a good game, but Georgia. I want Georgia to win, but they just. Uh, totally stomped. Everybody wanted Georgia to win. They fell asleep. Yeah, they fell asleep on the on the second half. I was highly disappointed the Georgia Bulldogs. They lost the second half. And uh, Tua won the ball. And it goes to show that uh, Nick Saban is probably the best coach of college football history. I mean, you you know, people you know you can throw Bear Bryant in there. You can throw you can throw Bo in there. I mean, not not Bo Schembechler. He, he, you know, he played for Michigan. He, he didn't want a single championship, but they always say Woody versus. Not Peter. Uh, I think you could put Woody Hayes in there, um, from Ohio State. He won five national championships. He Hayes, uh, David has six. Uh, or wait, uh, Woody won. Was it four? Because I think Ohio State won seven four. total. I think. I can finish uh, the final, uh, final four. You gave me one second. Maybe, maybe have three. Woody. I think, I think Ohio State has Ohio State has seven altogether. So uh, Cooper won one. Okay, so he has five. Woody has five. 54, 57, 61, 68, and 70. Yep, uh, five. And then Saban just beats that. He has six now. Saban has six. Uh, so, you know. You both, I mean, not, not Woody. No, I mean, Pete Carroll <laughs> was, he was really He's good. Only man, he's one, he one of the few, he's one of the few coaches that defeated Nikki Saban. He got, what, two championships? He got the Super Bowl rings? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, he was a really good coach yeah, for not. a few years while I was. Yeah, so he's, he's not he's one not, of the all I'm just joking. No, he's not. Yeah, Nick Saban would be the greatest head coach. He's he's the Brian Billick. Nick Saban. Uh, I would put Nick Saban, uh, Woody Hayes, Bear Bryant. Yeah. I would put those three up there. I'll put, uh, that would yeah. be probably. Yeah. yeah. That'll be up there. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
some uh you know what's so crazy is that uh Atlanta and Georgia that's funny. Falcons gave Georgia championship game tips. I think that's a really good uh, that that's hilarious. Because yes. um both the Falcons and the Bulldogs blew a sizable first half lead. They both did it. I mean that's you know why? I mean come on. And he did man. it because of the same thing. They did not run the ball. They didn't play defense. All you got to do, you got to lead like that. It's football one-on-one. You know, my great state of Maryland, we're not known for college football. We're known for college basketball. And, nope. you know, when it comes to college, we're just basketball. College football sucks here in Maryland. But you got to lead like that. Run the ball. <laughs> take away the clock. You got to get defense. That's all Georgia had to do. You know, they wanted to throw the ball like the Falcons, and that's why they got beat. And shout, shout out to Nick Saban for doing a gutsy call by pitching his captain his halftime, throwing in a rookie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he, he, he took Jalen Hurts out the first, I mean, you know, going into the second half. Jalen Hurts is, you know, one of the uh, most valuable players on the team, and he yeah. wasn't being effective. They were down 20-7. to seven. Took him out. I mean, I mean. That to me is incredible. I mean, you realize that uh, you know he's not your best. He's not on his best, you know, uh, effort, his best performance, and you put in a true freshman quarterback. I mean, who delivered? Who, who had him come back? And he, you know, he got tacked, He got sacked all the way back to the forty-one yard line, and threw that hail mary, man, and just threw it right at the. Right spot, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm not a Bama fan at all. As, as a matter of fact, I'm uh, a Bama antagonist that, in, in many in many aspects. I was a, not a fan at all that Alabama was chosen over Ohio State. But you got to give credit where credit's due, man. You know, it was uh, that that was it. You know, it, that was a, that was a good call. It was a gutsy call. That was a championship call by a championship uh, a coach. So." Kudos to Saban and Co. for that. Next trivia question. Who did Ric Flair defeat at Royal Rumble 2002? Who did Ric Flair defeat at Royal Rumble 2002? All right, so Aleister Black. I would like to have uh, the live stream thoughts on Aleister Black. Uh, He's teased about uh, potentially coming to Raw or SmackDown. Personally, I think it's too early. I think that they still need to kind of hone him in. Uh, We've seen plenty of times where the WWE has uh, made the not-so-good decision to bring in uh, people from the NXT crowd. Uh, That's um, too early. So uh, just a real quick thoughts uh, from the – Oh, Robbie. Why do you got to say that, man? It can't be as bad as Cleveland Browns 0-16. You know, I'm an Ohioan. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. How about that? Um, <laughs> I'm a Tennessee, uh, yeah, yeah. Can't say nothing about those brownies. I mean, they couldn't win one single game. The most embarrassing <sighs> team in all of NFL. Uh, thankfully, I'm not a Browns fan. I'm a Titans fan because of Eddie George. So about a little over 20 years ago when he came to the Titans, uh, I became a Titans fan. I was a 49ers fan uh, as a kid because Dallas was so good, and I wanted to be the their opponents. And so their rivals were San Fran, and I always thought yeah. Ken and Steve Young were really cool quarterbacks. So, um, 
just to throw shit yeah, at you. The Titans know. beat the Chiefs. Uh, Mark, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, pulled through for us. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a Bama fan, but I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I can't say anything about, um, um, you know, Henry. Uh, I can't. I can't say anything. Uh, I, I say all good things about him right now because he's 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 making. He's doing his thing. I really really like the the tandem uh, of Marcus Mariota uh, and Derrick Henry, and I, I think uh, he's got a shot. I hope uh, I was so, so happy when we came back. I was so happy when we came back and it won. Vance, uh, you know, and beat the Chiefs. So, you know, let, let me let me hear this real quick. Since I'm, I live in Baltimore City, my Ravens. I said this. Number one, because our defensive coordinator was taught the right defensive alignment, we would have beat the Bengals, and the Titans would have end up playing the Jaguars. We would have went to Kansas City. Kansas City has a curse. You never can win any games. They ain't win a home playoff game since Montana. That was in 94. Yeah. But I like the Titans. Yeah. I was going for the Titans. I think Murray Old is cool. I have nothing against him. Now to Ohio, I like Eddie George. Eddie George ain't been the same since Ray Lewis tasted him in the mouth in a playoff game in 2000. Yeah. I just thought I'd add that to you for <laughs> Uh, funny, thing, funny thing about Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry, uh, both were on teams that Ohio State beat in the playoffs to win the national championship. <laughs> How about that? Uh, hey, so right. I'm totally fine. I'm totally that fine with it. both of them. Because both you know them what? Ohio State. I, I remember Marcus Mariota winning the championship. And like I said, college football, I have no nerve for it because I live in Baltimore. I have no nerve. <laughs> I like Alabama. <laughs> Ohio State is cool. But, you know, LSU, I used to like them. That's about yeah. it. Too many bowls. Yep. So I'm, too many. I'm cool with both of them. I think it's as many bowls uh, as they in your houses. <laughs> right. All right, so real quick. Um, some Raw and SmackDown uh, review real quick. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh, after this. Pancakes and Power Slams, 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio, featuring weekly interviews from WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, and NWA. Join us live every Tuesday at www.blogtalkradio.com/slash Pancakes and Power Slams. That's www.blogtalkradio.com slash pancakes and power slams. And we do have the correct answer. Vince McMahon, thank you uh, for uh, being wonderful wrestling scholars. Next question is, who retained the WWE Championship at the 2004 Royal Rumble? Who retained retained the WWE Championship at the 2003 Royal Rumble? All right, having a quick, real quick, your Raw and SmackDown thoughts. Well, again, sadly, I did not see SmackDown because I was going live for my show. Um, I do know Nakamura and Orton defeated. I guess Kevin Owens and Zayn again. 
blah, blah, blah. Same old stuff with SmackDown, nothing new. Oh, uh, Raw, it, look, Matt Hardy, Logan, why do you keep making them noises? Yes, ha, ha, ha. What is, you're making these noises, sound like you're doing something else. It's hilarious. Bray Wyatt's laughing. To me, it's comical. And like, like you said earlier in my show, I like Woken and Hardy, but you're not explaining why he's Woken. At least in TNA, right. OWO, Crossing the Line, Impact, they explained why Matt Hardy became broken. Give him that credit. WWE, we don't know why he's Woken. But I am liking the, right. the back and forth for Bray and Woken. Uh, <laughs> Toe said, Braun Strowman using a grappling hook like his Darkwing Duck or some kind of Batman. This is my thing. You beat a crap with a Brock. You beat up Chain. But this is the thing. You just slap Brock on a gurney. It's not even believable. You don't even brace him down. So Brock gets taken off on a gurney, taken away on a gurney, but yet Chain gets up on his own power walks away. Yeah. Well, Brock was like, Paul, get me out of here when he was getting into the ambulance. So yeah, and, and granted, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, you know, I'm glad Strowman got a, and I'm glad they didn't take a turn of who's getting the upper hand. Uh, overall, Raw was okay. Uh, Baylor Club, I, I want to care, but who does? Um, because they just downloaded Anderson and Gallows with them now. Yeah. They're wearing the nerd shirts. It's like they're wearing their own shirts to yeah, they're all getting it. Yeah, nerds, but yet they're with the ballot club. Jason Jordan, he irks my soul. He just looks like a generic action figure <laughs> with no name from the dollar store. And it's like they got him trying too hard. He's like he's like the guy in your class that likes a girl. He does everything in his possible way, tries too hard to get her attention. It just doesn't, he doesn't look right with the belt. Real quick, Kevin. Real quick, Kevin. We'll do a we'll do a, a, a prayer request uh, for Jason Jordan for you and not irking your soul. So, uh, yeah, so we'll do that. For uh, you. A special prayer request. Little Jesus, Heavenly Father, let's just say little baby Jesus in the spot with the construction clothes from Terradigan Nights, one of my favorite movies. Jason Jordan, you need a mustache, you need a beard, a part in your hair, some color on your face. I don't like his beard. Like the thing. You just look. Right, you, you just look so boring. It's just a basic action figure, like a template mode you make in a video game. Create a wrestler one. Yes. I think that's the name I'm going to give you. But it's prayer, you get some kind of identity. It's not your fault. You're a good-looking kid. You have a nice body. You have nice teeth. Everybody loves you. This is going to stay trying to push you. But we just ask that you get some kind of character, some definition to your outfit. Your theme music doesn't work. You got the power ranges. Um, uh, tech stuff there, it just doesn't. I think it's way the, the, the vocals now. I think it's much better with the vocals before the vocals. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. a little vocal. Now he is. Good. And you wear the title around your waist. This is a 1996. Yeah. No one does that anymore. I'm cool with the waist, with the title around it. Because I think it, I forgot who it was, but uh, maybe Dusty. Somebody who was really adamant, maybe Triple H, maybe both, they were really adamant about, uh, you know, just really respecting the title and, and, and wear it around the race. Now, of course, you have people like Bubbles who wear it around his neck. Uh, Reigns wears it, you know, the the, 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 the different, you know, uh, and, uh, with with the strap, with the full, you know, with most of the title in the back, you know, covering his back. But 
you know, right. uh, Austin was just kind of swinging around. So, I mean, that fit their characters, but I mean, yeah, Jordan, it, 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 it Jordan, makes sense. Like Jordan is it. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, it, it makes uh, so, sense. yeah. So with uh, with Raw for me, um, uh, you know, it's they're they're trying desperately hard to try to have some type of shield life and. It's not working. Um, yeah, I think I think it's I think we can officially say the Shield's dead. And I think they kind of did that on Raw by saying that the the Champions Club, which was later reiterated, so you know they're probably doing something like that. Um, the Shield, I mean, again, the PNP, you know, the Year in Wars that we did a couple weeks back, you know, the, the biggest letdown was the Shield. I mean, they just was were terrible. Uh, Hardy and the, the Hardy and Wyatt segment was just terrible. I mean, yeah, oh, oh, was so oh, bad. Uh, it was so bad. But here's what? the thing about Matt what? Hardy: when he was broken, Matt Hardy, he would do that like in between sentences. Talking. He wouldn't just have just long, drawn out times uh, when he would just doing that. <laughs> And it's annoying. That's not baby face moves. The, the laugh is annoying, and people are already getting tired of it. I mean, they're just they're just driving this gimmick to the ground. I mean, Matt Hardy had a bunch of creative control when he was in Impact Wrestling, so I'm sure that that's a big difference. But man, I mean, they've are. I mean, this thing is already DOA, sadly. Um, so you know, it I can't hope, be. It can't hopefully, be. Hopefully, they do it can't be any worse. It can't be any worse than that that house the house match with uh with uh Bray Wyatt and Horse. That house match. Oh, that was the House of Horrors match was <laughs> utterly atrocious. Uh Miz getting face chance in Memphis. Memphis is usually a pretty uh pretty clean cut, you know, uh, cookie cutter, good guy, bad guy town. So interesting what they did with uh with the Miz. Uh, Titus Worldwide WWE gave them some love So I'm all for that uh, Kudos to yes. Titus Worldwide And uh, 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 Dana uh, Alexandra York Brook um, <laughs> Which is very interesting um, <laughs> Rhino man What the heck He's going to get kept before Mania you know, he, And he's and he's really big in politics now, so I think oh, that he's going for like mayor or something. Like Anybody wants to be mayor or governor? So, I mean, come on! I mean, like, Rhino still has it. He still has the ability. You know, he oh, yeah. you know he was like the, the the muscle of him and Slater as a team while they were in SmackDown. I mean, give the guys. I mean. Here's the thing. He was uh he was a pretty, you know, big player in NXT. They put they brought him back to NXT, had him do some really good things. He teamed up he feuded with Corbin, he teamed with Corbin. And I mean, if you're if this was if if we're going to see this Rhino like this, put him in NXT. I mean, at least he can be one one of the veterans like an Eric Young who's, you know, Kind of being, you know, the, the the pillars and the foundation of the company to help it, you know, continue to rise up like it is. Put put the dude in NXT, have him be a main event player like he was when he came back and was in NXT. Otherwise, 
I mean, this is a, such a sad treatment of, of what they're doing with Rhino. It's, it's, it's so sad. Um, well, Lesnar, Kane, Strowman thing. I mean, you know, they, they get they put Strowman over. I mean, he he should be over. He's the the, the, the strongest person on the, the roster. So I wasn't okay. I was okay with what they did the whole trust thing, and they protected him. And Brock Lesnar and Kane getting back on his feet. Lesnar wanting to get out the ambulance. So yeah, that that wasn't too bad for me. So the Balor Club defeating Roman Reigns and the you know the Intercontinental Champion and Tag Team Champs that that was a bit odd to me because uh, you know and what is the Balor Club with their faces or their heels that the you know you you kind of threw out Anderson and Gallows one of the top heel face teams uh, you know they kind of threw them in there Balor's of course been a face so it looks like they're still doing the baby face role quick and. You know, Jason Jordan kind of put it together as far as their their tension with each other. Just convoluted, uh, ill prepared, you know, creative writing to me. I mean, just that 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 was the, the the bottom line of that. And where does this go? I mean, does this give Finn Balor an Intercontinental Title match with Roman Reigns and uh, Anderson and Gallows and a, a title match with? Uh, um, Rollins and, and Jordan not at the Rumble because they're doing um, what's the what's the what's the gimmick is it, is it two out of three because they're doing two out of three with yeah, Benjamin and Gable against the Usos. Yeah, two out of three. So we're, no way are we having is it two two out of three matches? That That's what be, it seems like. No way. What is the what what's the what's the gimmick what's the stipulation for the tag team title raw match because if we're if we're having two two out of three matches that would be just ter- terrible um, and two women's Royal rumbles let me let me make sure oh okay so it's just a tag team match okay good good it just says two uh, the tag team match I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's not two out of three balls. Uh, as far as SmackDown is concerned, um, Breezango defeating Rusev Day, that pretty much goes to show where the WWE, that the WWE wants to drain the organic heat, uh, the, the organic push that Rusev is getting, which is so sad and so petty. It, it just, I mean, Rusev Day is one of the hottest things going on, on uh, SmackDown. And for you to – I like Breezango. Um, you know, I think it was like mid-last year perhaps where uh, they had a pretty good – push and, and you know they were going against the Usos almost won the tag team championships they were way over at that time them beating Rusev and Aiden English just really goes to show that WWE is probably trying to purposely uh, kind yeah. of damper uh, that, that that spark you know that Rusev Day is doing which is so petty to me um, Mojo Rawley's music is the same it is so bad oh probably the worst music in WWE right now uh, the ending was okay, you know. You know, continuing with the. Seth Rollins is Yeah, I like Rollins. I think um, Rollins is just at a really tough position right now. All right. So as far as comments here, uh, that segment was horrible. As far as White and and uh, and, and Hardy. Um, 
the WWE needs to become better storylines. Rhino should hang up the boots. Uh, Gonzalo says uh, Rhino just wants that check anyway. That's pretty funny. Uh, what do I think about Cassius Ono? Um, and then Jason says Chris Chris Hero was the best when he teamed with Cesaro. They were really good when they were kings of wrestling. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, but as far as now, I mean, I mean Ono's pretty much a glorified jobber, unfortunately. Um, so that's where he is. I I don't know. I mean, I know friends of Hero. I never reached out to him, but uh, it does not seem like Hero would be very happy in this spot right now. I mean, it's it's clear that they're forcing him to wear the jerseys. Uh, because of his physical condition, it's clear um, that they want to bring they wanted to bring him because they know he's a very good talent, which he is a very good talent. They want to use that to probably people over on uh, NXT, and that's that's what it looks like. And it doesn't look like heroes going anywhere anytime soon. I don't see a I don't see a main roster debut for him anytime soon, if at all. I mean. Hero's in a very, very tough spot right now. All right, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. Real quick, uh, thumbs up on th- or thumbs down on Sting in the Wolf Pack. So, uh, for the week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. It is now time for the flavor of the week. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to talk about Sting and the Wolfpack. So, uh, you know, his Wolfpack uh, days weren't uh, weren't long. Um, uh, he, you know, he, he spent so much time of his career being the uh, the biggest foe of the Wolfpack. And then somehow the the WCW thought it was a good idea, and as uh, and as we saw and as we heard, I, I don't think I've ever heard about that. I've heard a lot of you know Bischoff's interviews. I've looked at his DVD. As far as just the Wolfpack is concerned, well, just the NWO whole concept. But I think we may have got uh, an original um, comment, original uh, uh, information as far as uh, it could be. It could be out there, but I don't. I don't from what I've, I've heard and. and I've uh, seen a lot of stuff from, from Bischoff regarding that topic. But I never knew that uh, Thunder, that, that Bischoff was uh, about to, and that was his concepts for um, expanding the NWO. So, very interesting. I do want to know why the Wolfpack was created, though, because I just think that a whole thing, I mean, there was the expansion was too much, but now it's very good to know the backstage reason behind there were the reason why they're expanding it, which makes much sense. But just to break it out in the Wolfpack, Sting being the arch nemesis of the NWO, you know, just for them to just for them to be a part of the Wolfpack, the baby face part of the NWO, and they had a heel part of the NWO. Things got so convoluted, and for me. It gets Sting was being my favorite professional wrestler of all time, hands down. Supporting Sting and everything he does, you know, my uh, my desire as a as a fan, as Sting being 
greatest wrestler of all time. There's a few things I didn't agree with. The, the abrupt heel turn uh, against Hulk Hogan. Uh, that they breathe the seek and destroy music. That, uh, uh, the why sting why posters. The heel turn lasted a few weeks because it was so over the face that, that it didn't work. Uh, the heel turn that he did uh, in TNA. That was a bust. The main event mafia worked kind of, um, but you know, I, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't good altogether. So real quick, everyone, your thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down on Sting. So we, we all love Sting, but just a thumbs down. Sting didn't need to be with the Wolfpack. Yeah. I just think they did it because you remember Savage was added to the Wolfpack in the service towards ACL. And he had that ring in thing. It's, yeah. He he grew facial hair for the first time ever. The gold tee didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> the red and black. And it was weird yeah. because Sting had the red and black paint before he had his red and black tight. So he was wearing a white and black tight with the red and black paint. It just didn't work. Yeah. I like right. that Sting had the long hair. He had some good matches. Um, you know, he had the, the match with well, Medium showed in. Uh, Great American yeah. match 98. Yeah. He beat him. But then it was like Sting yeah. was half tag champ, but didn't have him. It is it was thumbs down. It wasn't the worst yeah. Sting era. Yeah. You know, we don't talk about the hill turn in ninety nine. Yeah, thumbs down. Thumbs down right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's All right, thumbs down. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, uh, thank you so much, Eric Bischoff. Uh, I got a roll. Thank you so much for the awesome uh, interaction. Uh, Three hundred two episodes. In, uh, in the uh, in the books, in the record books. God bless you all. Have a good night and uh, have a great time. <laughs>